And welcome back to the Heather McCoy Show. Joining me right now is Robert Larson. He joins us each and every week for his report on what's going on with the Inland Empire. Um, the newest uh, story is Calvary Chapel Bible Fellowship says it's going to file a federal lawsuit against Riverside County if the county ex- continues its ban on churches in the Temecula wine country, an area that's up for expansion as a new plan for the region winds its way through a public hearing process. Um, so what's wrong with the church in wine country? Well, the, the, the growers certainly don't like it. The wine industry, they have concerns about the, the Calvary Church wants to put in schools, and there are a lot of uh, strict regulations when schools are about, uh, for instance, you can't sell alcohol within a certain distance of a school, and they don't want any restrictions on that. This is their lifeblood producing wine, having the wineries, people come there to eat and taste wine and buy wine. So uh, they, they don't want any infringement on that. And it's, you know, it's a big industry out here. Is that also because these are not uh, the grape crops that they're using for the wine, they're not organically grown, so they're using pesticides, you know, which I'm not a big fan of, but that's the method they are using and if a school is about then there could also be restrictions of on when they could spray pesticides which of course there should be <laughs> but this is like okay they were there first and um now i think the calvary chapel people are trying to portray this as a <laughs> issue of religious freedom and which is kind of silly nobody's saying there can't be colleges or schools but it's a matter of zoning and everything else. And yeah. Industry being feeling threatened by um, something else moving in that will uh, curtail their livelihood. Robert Taylor, an attorney with uh, Marietta-based Advocates for Faith and Freedom, it's a nonprofit organization, uh, says, on a smaller scale, this is Chick-fil-A part two. People are just getting fed up with this anti-Christian mentality that unfortunately pervades the media so often. We hope that all the people of uh, faith and persuasion will recognize that the church is a good thing for people and a good thing for communities. You just can't zone them out because you have a disagreement with them over one particular use. Well, pesticides near children, that seems like that's a whole other frame. I love PR people. <laughs> yeah, what did they say? The, the anti-Christian what? The anti-Christian mentality that that pervasive around uh, the media. That is so bizarre. That is so silly. I mean, you know, especially out in this area, uh, it, it, everything is so uh, pro-Christian. And I think the media, <laughs> I generally think, is is pretty neutral on the subject. And uh, it's, I don't know, it, it's. <laughs> in a lot of ways, when, when people of faith do really horrible things, they just don't really expose it because they don't want to be accused of being anti-Christian. Right, right. You know, and it's just like, wow, but there are a lot of horrible things that are done by Christian people. Not always, not all. Some of them are really nice people and do live pretty much by the teachings of Jesus. <laughs> not all. Not all. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I like John Stewart's comment about the supposed war on, on Christianity. It's like, wow, you know, if we quit persecuting them, just maybe one day we might get a Christian president. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> I like what uh, Calvary Chapel Pastor Clark Van Wick said. He said he meant to appease the vendors, uh, but was told, we don't like your kind here. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I doubt they said that. Are they, like, thinking that the vintners or the wine growers are, like, sort of anti-Christian somehow? Like, because they're promoting alcohol? Yeah, well, um, maybe the vendors are afraid that Jesus might come back and turn water into the wine, making their business mute. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, Jesus never drank wine. Yeah, not at all. Wow. I love zoning issues. So, yeah, yeah. Chapel, uh, as you and I talked about uh, before uh, being on the air, was that uh, they're not a huge church like the Catholics or the Mormons, you know, a huge worldwide, but they're getting pretty big, and they're definitely big out in this area, and definitely have a lot of uh, money, because they, they are putting up $100,000 just to do an environmental impact, uh, sort of social impact study. So they've just got $100,000 to just kind of throw around there. So that means they've got a lot more money than that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just uh, for you Calvary Chapel listeners out there, it just keep in mind it was founded, co-founded by a gay man. Yeah, uh, was that Ronnie Frisbee? I believe it? so, yeah. I think uh, I know the last name was Frisbee because you, you can't forget that. It's kind of a bizarre name, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I know, and then he was sort of... Uh, persona non grata once it became known that he was gay yeah so um thinking of uh disappearing um the marijuana dispensaries apparently they're taking the fight uh that they the federal government's put in orange county and la county and it's, it's going into the inland empire um how is that uh going yeah that's been going on for a while but there was a new story uh, yesterday about the riverside county superior court judge uh, ruled against the local government's ban of dispensaries. So that sounds good if you're a pro-liberty, uh, uh, <laughs> pro-medical marijuana person. Uh, but it's just a, kind of now the, the government side is appealing that ruling. So it's not like, wow, okay, the dispensaries are all going to be allowed now. Uh, there are a few that are still operating kind of, um, I don't know if, they just haven't gotten to closing them down yet, but they're kind of, they're kind of in court with it themselves too, and so it's sort of like this thing of like, well, we're going to operate until we're absolutely told, that, you know, by the highest court or whatever we can operate. Yeah. So it's uh, I know people who've used dispensaries out here, and some of them were pretty sad when all the ones in Murrieta were closed down. I have to travel elsewhere, and it's. Uh, so it's yeah, it's just being pushed back and forth, and it's uh, I don't know. I just wish we could grow up on this issue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if people don't realize that if it's legalized, um, you're gonna have a lot less crime, and it's not just because you're moving a crime off the crime statistics. It's because of all the crimes related to it. Yeah, yeah, I know, and it's uh, it's just sad all the money wasted on, on trying to enforce this and the thing is is that, that um, I believe a majority of Americans now support some form of decriminalization of, uh, of marijuana if not uh, just medical marijuana and, and it, I think it's one of these things that the politicians will be brought around to and I mean we recently saw President Obama come around on the gay marriage issue and, you know, I don't know what he ever believed in his heart about it, but I, I knew 
it became politically safe for him to do that. Yeah, yeah. Because even though the right wing is going to scream and huff and puff about it, uh, that that is now truly a minority of people who are totally opposed to gay marriage. And so he knew it was safe. And I don't know if it takes, it's going to take like 80% of people being for uh, medical marijuana before politicians in Washington, such as the president, can say, oh, okay, uh, I, I can go along with this now. Well, as it is, the Justice Department is uh, backing the bans. Well, gay marriage is a relatively safe thing to be for, and I don't think it's, I think maybe, it's not a very high majority that's for it, but it, it is a majority. With If you go against the drug war, you're going against the federal jobs program, essentially. I mean, it, it's a totally tactical different monster at this point. Yeah, yeah, you, you have a point there. It's, uh... Yeah, there's so much money being made off of the drug war. It's uh, it's really staggering. You know, the prison industrial complex. It's uh, it's sort of like going up against the military industrial complex. It is. It is. Yeah, Plan Columbia and all the other stuff that comes out of the drug war. The other thing too is I like how Eric Holder likes to go after you know marijuana dispensaries where a case for Goldman Sachs is laid out right in congressional record and he's like, Oh, I don't think I want to prosecute that. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just, they'll, they'll come after you. Uh, they, uh, I mean, either Holder and the Obama administration is just too beholden to these interests or they maybe aren't as beholden as Republicans, but they know life will get made very difficult for them. We all know what happened to Elliot Spitzer when he, he was, uh, he was trying to take these people to court and was trying to prosecute these Wall Street people. And, you know, all of a sudden it's, it's big news that he's uh, seeing a prostitute and he has to resign. And, uh, you know. And meanwhile, David Vitter is still serving in Louisiana. Exactly, exactly. But somehow the pressure really got put on, uh, on Spitzer. And I think if you go up against Wall Street, you go up against the military-industrial complex, the prison-industrial complex, um, you, you're asking for, for trouble. <laughs> oh, I love this country. I mean, I, you know, some people, we, we kind of whine about these supposed liberal and progressive politicians who, who seem to cave on all these things. And, you know, maybe it's it, they just think it would be political suicide and figure they can get some good things done by not going after those people. But it's it's just sad. It is sad. It's a, it's a sort of, you know, bargain with the devil. Yeah, yeah. The lesser of two evils is still evil, and you have to deal with it eventually. Yeah. Yeah, so on the more uh, happy note, you found an old abandoned airport in Marietta? Yeah, there's all kinds of things like that around here because of uh, a lot of quick development that's happened over the last few decades. Some things that were just part of the old uh, environment around here have just kind of been left aside or and so there's an area in Murrieta it's, it's a lot of tract homes but there's a, a spot sort of in the middle of it where there's big empty dirt field as there is when there's quick development sometimes there's areas like that and I, I didn't think much of it but there was an article in the paper to, uh, yesterday about the that there's a dirt airstrip in there, that it was one of these like kind of mini airports where uh, small planes and gliders would take off. And sort of since the developers build all these track homes around it, it's just kind of no longer in use. And But it's like this little mini dirt strip airport. And it's, uh, 
it's just kind of intriguing that it's hidden away there, and the uh, city is trying to buy the land. They want to uh, turn it into a park or some other uh, public use. And so there's some developers that are not real pleased with that. They'd like to have their hands on it. and To build more empty homes, essentially. <laughs> yeah, or so, something that they can, you know, make a big profit off of. You don't make profits off of public parks. Yeah, well, the sad part about this, too, is we had an airline pilot on another PA show that I do, and he was saying that because airports are closing and um, the cost of flight is so expensive, you don't have, you know, people taking up flying as a hobby. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I have a one friend in particular who does that, flying as a hobby, but it's not a, yeah, it's not a big thing. It's not, it's hard to find places where you can do that. On that happy note, we always seem to end on happy notes. Uh, th thank you, Robert Larson, for joining us on the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. And this is The Heather McCoy Show. <laughs>